What's up, copy chiefs? If you're listening to my voice right now, I bet you'd like to know how you can join Copy Chief. And if you go to the website right now, you'll see that there is a waiting list. But guess what? I've got something special for you for being a Copy Chief Radio listener. When you go to copychiefradio.com right now, you'll be able to skip the line and join us all inside Copy Chief. So head on over to Copy Chief Radio right now and you can skip the line and join us. This program is brought to you by thepodcastfactory.com. You are listening to Copy Chief Radio. Welcome back to another fun-filled edition with your host, Mr. Kevin Rogers. What's up, Jonathan? That's a big promise, fun. We don't know that this will be fun at all. I'll Maybe get torture. out of here. I torture took that for from everyone. You. No, I took that from you. You're like, this is going to be cool. This is going to be fun. <laughs> you start every episode. I'm like, so I'm going to love everyone. That's right. Well, they are, man. Uh, it always is. And that's that's the mantra here. And this is, you know, what I love about the show. It represents what we do in Copy Chief. It's so cool to bring the other chiefs on and get to share their wisdom with the greater audience. So uh, today we got Nicole Piper. Uh, Nicole is really rocking it in Copy Chief, man. She's, um, uh, you know, new to direct response copywriting, but she is so good at it right out of the gate because she brings a really cool wealth of experience from more of the uh, big brand world. So, for instance, she helped... Uh, Nickelodeon built a $200 million business by launching their brand in over 30 countries. She works with, Jonathan, the big entertainment brands like MTV, Nickelodeon, Pokemon, which is everywhere right now, Angry Birds, Sharper Image. Like You think about these brands and you can see them in your mind. You know how they feel, right? So she's, you know, Nicole's a high-level expert uh, in, in sort of like brand uh, awareness, brand imaging, and customer loyalty. That's what it comes down to. And so what's super cool is she's freelance now. Uh, she's consulting and copywriting with smaller businesses to help them create better customer loyalty, set up loyalty programs, and most importantly, make sure their copy matches the ultimate goal of growing their brand in a in a really cool and dynamic way. So Nicole, thanks for being here. Really excited for this. Hey, Kevin, me too. Thanks so much for having me. Yeah, it's going to be, as uh, Jonathan mentioned, super fun. Um, and I'll just get your URL out there right now. It's PiperMarketingSolutions.com. And if you put a slash CCR for Copy Chief Radio at the end of that, uh, you will be able to download a special report based on this episode from Nicole uh, you probably will see an article as well if you go to copychief.com forward slash blog and search for Nicole Piper. You'll see an article uh, based on this stuff. But uh, Nicole, um, just give me a little bit more insight to all that cool work you did with Nickelodeon and all that stuff and, and how it sort of like transitions over into uh, direct response copy. Yeah, sure. So, you know, what I was doing with these really amazing brands was taking the equity that was built in the brands and applying it into more products and really kind of 
working to extend the brand from where it is now. And, you know, it was funny. I, I was, uh, looking at some copy, I was reviewing some copy on copy chief, uh, not too long ago. And I didn't know anything about the, uh, the brand that was behind the product. The only thing I really knew was that it was geared towards bodybuilders. And so I was reading the copy and it had a very, you know, upbeat and cheerful tone and kind of my, my brand, you know, um, disconnect, you know, radar went off Mm -hmm. and I, thought, you know, this isn't what I was expecting, you know, for something that was geared towards bodybuilders. So I jumped over to the site to take a look at it. And the site had a very distinct feel to it. But the words that came to mind to me were strength and determination and grit, you know, it wasn't upbeat and cheerful. And what that really showed me was how important it is that our copy really reflect reflects the brand that we're writing about. And we can take it even a step further and help companies to establish their brand by making sure we're infusing the copy with their brand. Yeah, great point. It's, you know, all about getting the voice right and kind of, you know, having a criteria for, you know, how am I going to talk about this and when will I know I've gone off the rails? And not only, you know, because look, most small business owners are writing their own copy. So it's super useful for them to think about this. Um, uh, it, but especially if you're a copywriter, uh, working with other companies, it's going to be on you to help establish this, this voice and tone for the brand, which was the case in the, uh, copy that you were looking at and critiquing, you know, we were able to help that copywriter, uh, do a, a much better job of, you know, tar- aligning, uh, his writing with the brand itself. Exactly. Because, you know, behind, you know, there's a brand message behind every product and company, mm-hmm. whether it's by design or by default. Oh, so great. That, I that's love that. really, yeah, it's really important for people to mm. think about because there is an impression that you're making and you want it to be the impression that you want, right? That's what's really, really key. Yes. That's a great point. It's happening by design or default. So if you're not in control of it, guess what? It's still happening, but it's probably way differently than you want or expect. Exactly. So if you don't spend some time diving in and deciding what your brand is all about and making sure that you have a consistent through line in your messaging to, to the ideals of your brand, then uh, it's up to the reader to decide that for you. And they're either going to get it way wrong or not care because they're just not feeling that there's any connect here to what's going on. Right. Cool. All right. So, you know, I think, you know, in, in this, you know, uh, way of marketing direct response and all the digital marketing, we don't think enough about brands. So let's just define a little bit, like exactly what do you mean when you talk about brand, Nicole? Good point. Because I think for a lot of people, when they think of a brand, what comes to mind is something visual. So it's, you know, it could be like if I say McDonald's, you might, you know, what might come to mind for you is the golden arches. Or if we say Apple, you know, it could be the storefront of the Apple, uh, you know, of Apple stores, or it could be the, uh, their icon of the Apple with a bite taken out of it. So that's one part of the brand. But the other part and the part that's really important for our conversation is the emotional side of the brand. And that's really what the consumer is identifying with. And it's about the promise that the brand is making, you know, what a person can really expect when they interact with the brand. 
So that's really the part that we're looking at when we're thinking about how we infuse copy with the brand. It's the emotional side of it. Yeah. Okay, great. And so how does developing that help us grow our business? Because again, we, we're so focused on the sale sometimes that we're not looking at the bigger picture. Yeah, that's right. And, you know, it's really, um, look, if, if you want just, you know, like a one-time sale, you don't really need to think about this. But I think most of the people listening to this and are probably thinking they want to have an ongoing relationship with their customer. So yeah. let me give you a quick, uh, a quick story about uh, the time that I was working with the Sharper Image. So you remember the Sharper Image, right? The, the mall oh, yeah. stores? Sure. Okay. I mean, people love to go there because, you know, they were filled with these high-tech gadgets and there was always something new and innovative. And they really took an ordinary product and made it something extraordinary. So that's what people got to know about the sharper image. And when the stores went bankrupt in 2008, there was so much equity in the brand that it allowed a whole new business model to be developed. And that's where I came in and I was helping them with that. And we were able to actually license the brand to manufacturers who then developed and sold products under the brand name in other stores like, you know, Bed Bath & Beyond or Macy's. Mm. So that's a really a perfect example of how it's the brand that fuels the product. And you can create an ongoing relationship with the consumer if you have that brand identity really established with them. Yeah, that's a great point. And so it gives you flexibility and uh, you know, there's other ways to survive. So they, for whatever reason, didn't survive, you know, the, the retail model of them, uh, building stores everywhere. Uh, and, but there's such demand for the product. They did such a good job of positioning themselves in their brand that people still crave the experience and were thrilled to find that they could get sharper image stuff in other retail outlets. Exactly. That's right. Mm, very cool. Think about that. If you're, say you go, well, I'm just developing, you know, info products. Yeah. But if you think about the brand and like Nicole said, what is the emotion? What are the feelings that people are having when they interact with your stuff? Whether it's your videos, your trainings, your, uh, even just your daily emails, um, you, uh, you know, could become part of a, of another company, another brand, uh, and, you know, bring a lot of value to that, you know, merger by saying, look, I've got this huge following. Uh, they want my stuff and I'm willing to put it under your umbrella, but it's worth a lot more than just me creating products for you. I'm bringing brand equity to this. Right. Very cool. So it Good absolutely point. applies. And especially as our market grows and develops, we've seen a lot of people in our industry grow into huge brands like Ryan Levesque with Ask. You know, it was a New York Times number one selling book. That's a huge brand for him, way beyond just our little world of, of sort of digital marketing here. So Yeah, perfect example. Yeah. Hey, producer Jonathan here, and I know I'm interrupting the program, but it is for a very good reason. If you are not already a member of Copy Chief, then you probably should be. And if you go to the website right now, you can get on the waiting list and maybe get a spot when we open, or you can do the smart thing. Right now, today, you can join Copy Chief by going to copychiefradio.com and you can skip the line. No waiting list. But I got to warn you, you'll only have 
30 minutes from the time you land on copychiefradio.com to join. And that's so we don't have any time wasters or scragglers. So make sure that you're absolutely ready. Then go to copychiefradio.com today and join. So let's talk about from a copywriter point of view here. If I'm a uh, freelancer and I want to be you know, brought in uh, to a company or I want to prove to a company, hey, I get this whole branding thing. Uh, what do they need to think about? Okay, yeah, well, there are two really important things here um, when it comes to you know why we need to look at the brand when we're writing copy. So the first is really about reinforcing the brand message. So um, you know the brand relationship is built with the consumer over consi- you know a consistent interaction with them and a consistent message. So when the writer has the brand context really to write from, They'll be able to create copy that generates sales in a way that also builds the brand equity. And the second thing is, you know, I like to think of copywriters as, let's say, like a matchmaker between a company and the prospect. And like, you know, like when you when you meet someone and you think, oh, my gosh, this person would be perfect to introduce to my best friend. You know, Mm -hmm. you get that feeling Mm -hmm. because there's something there about their personality that would be a fit or shared values. And as copywriters, it's our job to really ignite that spark. So when we know the brand values behind the product, we can write our copy in a way that it connects the heart of the brand with the heart of the prospect. And just to, just to be clear here, because I know a lot of people, again, they might be stuck on the, the visual part of the brand. So I'm not mm-hmm. talking about uh, branding your copy. You know, I'm talking about the copy reflecting the brand. And it's very subtle but very powerful. So when you think that, you know, there are so many different ways that you can go about saying something, you want to say it in the right way for that brand. And that's what's going to start creating the brand identity and keeping it, you know, top of mind with the consumer. Yeah. Great point. Awesome. Cool. So, um, then that's what you specialize in now because you've developed a passion for copywriting. And so, you know, what's, um, like you said, you know, you, you, you're also consulting because you have this radar, like you said, to immediately see where there's a disconnect, you know? And so like that alone is such a huge value for any company to go, wow, I haven't thought that much about my brand. Or if you have thought about your brand, have you done sort of a checkup to make sure that people are seeing your brand the way you intend? Uh, Nicole, like any, like ways that, you know, what are some ways we can like quickly assess how our brand is resonating? Okay. Well, you know, one way is really just to talk to your, talk to your audience. So this is uh, making me think of, um, of my days when I was working at Nickelodeon. So, you know, Nickelodeon is a television network that's targeted towards kids and it's completely content driven. And when it first started, it didn't look anything like it does today. And it was really much more about um, trying to motivate kids. So it was it was showing, um, you know, child prodigies and, you know, like nine-year-old chess grandmasters and, you know, kids that the kids watching couldn't relate to whatsoever. Mm. And it was bombing. So they had a conversation with their audience, talked to the kids to find out what they were interested in. And it really came down to fun and humor. So they changed everything that they were doing, you know, brought on all new content. And that's when they started getting really 
different and irreverent. And like, do you remember Ren and Stimpy? Like that's when Ren oh, and Stimpy sure. came out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So a very different look and feel, but so they actually talked to their audience to try and see what was important to them. And if, if the brand message that they were getting out of this, you know, motivational type of thing, if it was resonating and it really wasn't. Mm-hmm. And the other thing we did then was, you know, at that point, then, you know, the, the network just was skyrocketing and we were looking to expand into other lines of business and we didn't have a guide um, or a way to evaluate the opportunities that we were looking at. So that's when we did a brand deconstruction and really got clear on what our brand identity was and what, what we wanted to push forward with it. And it provided a really clear roadmap that helped us to create a global media empire, really, that mm. consistently reflects the, the Nickelodeon brand no matter what country it's in. Yeah. You know, I remember – my, you guys were up and in, in running in their at the peak when my kids were uh, of an age to start watching, right? And so, what they were like, um, I want to say there was two or three channels, right? There was like main Nickelodeon, there was like Nick Teen, and all these other all these other brands. Right, that's right. Eventually, it really kind of was able to segment even further. So you got yeah. Nick at Night, you got Monday you know Nick night, Junior, right. yeah, that's right. Yeah, that was cool. And uh, so that's really interesting because here you are. And it, you know, it makes me think is like what you said was uh, it's happening by design or default. And uh, are you in control of it? So, you know, even though Nickelodeon thought they were designing this brand of we're here to inspire kids, we're going to show them that, you know, you could you could do anything. Look at this kid who seems like just like you, except he's uh He's a, a genius at chess and kids are going, uh, I don't identify with that kid at all, right. <laughs> nor exactly. am I really that interested. Right. And they were yeah. like, probably shocked to find that out. What do you mean? <laughs> so it just goes to show that it's, it's, it's so easy for us to have this myopic idea of what will be. And this is not like like with us, it's like we can like throw out a product and have it not work and go, OK, I guess I was off the mark there. I probably should have like done more surveys or something. This is like millions of dollars of investment. And you see this all the time with startups, right? It's like they get all these millions of dollars of investing and they miss the mark on whether people actually want this stuff or not. Yeah, uh, right. And then so they, you know, have some conversations and find out, all right, what we've dreamt up in our little uh, fluorescent, fluorescent light boardroom <laughs> is not at all what people want. And so let's just give them what the hell they want. So big lesson here is it starts with finding out what do people want and then finding a, a cool, unique way to give it to them and making sure that it feels, uh, uh, keyword there, feels emotional and unique in the way that you deliver it. Um, so cool. So what are three key things that you want to get out of a, a brand? I love this idea of a brand deconstruction, uh, Nicole. Yeah. Okay. So first and foremost, it's the brand DNA. Mm. Uh, so that's really about the core values of the brand and what it stands for and the promise. Then it goes into the brand's personality and finally the brand voice. So those three things are really important. So do, do we have time to unpack them a little bit? Sure. Yeah. Okay. So um, when you want to discover the brand's DNA, this is really the why of the company. Hmm. So you want to ask questions like, why was your company created? 
What are its core values? And from that, you can really start to tease out what the promises that you want to make to your consumers. And here's a really important one. We're talking about feelings. So how do you want your prospects to feel when they engage with your company? Mm-hmm. And then you look at specific products and services that you're, you, know, you're, you want to sell, and you ask yourself how they fit into this broader brand story. Okay. Mm-hmm. And other things you might tease out would be um, your USP. You know, how are you different from your competitors? And that can also go into making your brand promise. So, you know, going back to the sharper image, they were all about making innovative products that went, you know, way beyond objects. They were really about experiences. And the true test of their products, it wasn't about what they did, but how they made you feel. So that's what it was for the sharper image. Mm-hmm. So that's, you know, number one is really kind of uncovering the brand's DNA. Then when we look at the brand's personality and voice, what I like to say is you need to think of it as if your brand were a person and you're going to introduce your, your brand to someone else. How would you describe it? So, you know, there, mm. again, we, we would look at, like, if I was doing a brand deconstruction with you, we'd, we'd be looking at a whole bunch of adjectives. You know, how would we describe, you know, copy chief? So, you know, and you'd look at words like, you know, friendly, professional, you know, is it polished? You know, some, some brands have controversy behind them. So maybe that's their personality. It's controversial. Mm-hmm. Um, so like the sharper image, back to them, you know, they're sleek and innovative and smart. Um, and you know, like another great example might be Starbucks, which is completely different. You know, that's outgoing and personable and friendly, Mm -hmm. but getting the personality down is really important. And then you want to get the voice. So what does your brand sound like? You know, what kind of lingo does your brand use? And, you know, it could be hip or, or serious or reassuring. So again, there, there, there are lots of ways to kind of work with the tone and the voice of the copy so that really reflects what the brand is about. So those are really the three most important things when it comes to writing copy. And if, if the marketer hasn't thought about this and a copyright copywriters coming in to write about a product, they really should be asking these questions of the marketer and, you know, really try and pull it out because, you know, just, just like we spend all that time trying to understand the prospect we want to do the same with the brand because it's going to make our copy that much stronger and resonate in a much more powerful brand relevant way. Yeah, no, it's fantastic. You know, we've covered voice uh, quite a bit on this show, you know, with Abby Woodcock. She's uh, great at helping people identify their voice, as are you. But I love this like thinking of it in the big picture, right? Like the voice is sort of a vehicle for consistency and making sure that, you know, when people read your messaging, are they arriving at a place where it's just taken to the next level? Right. Uh, Really cool. Nicole, awesome. And thank you for coming on, sharing this. Uh, I I can't, I hope um, your report is about brand deconstruction. I love that (laughs) idea. And so, it's going to be a surprise, but <laughs> I'll tell you where to go get it. Um, it's uh, Nicole. I'm sorry. It's PiperMarketingSolutions.com. Piper, just like you think it's spelled, MarketingSolutions.com. Go to forward slash CCR and you'll see the report. Go see what's, uh, what else Nicole has for you over there. And you'll also find an article on CopyChief.com forward slash blog when you search Nicole Piper. Thanks again for being here. Really good stuff. Thanks so much, Kevin. 
All right. Hi, Thanks, Kevin. Thanks, Nicole. Thanks, Chiefs. Everybody, we're feeling grateful today. We will be back next time in your earbuds with more Copy Chief. Thanks for tuning in to another edition of Copy Chief Radio. If you like what you heard here and you want more, go to copychiefradio.com. This is the podcastfactory.com.